1974, a group of amateur racing drivers got together to form a club which would promote affordable racing for the popular saloon cars of the 50s and early 60s. Wind forward to 2021 and this weekend starts the new series for the classic Touring Car Racing Club. And I'm delighted that the series organiser, Stuart Kai, joins me on the line. Stuart, uh, go 1974 to the present day. That's some history, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing, to be honest with you. Um, we're, we're one of the longest running clubs in the UK. Um, we've got a, a strong a strong group of followers that some have been in the uh, in the club since the 1980s, believe it or not um and uh yeah you know it's 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 fantastic there's the support and love that the club gets to, and it enables us to keep going for so long um it's it's run entirely by um by volunteers uh, none of us get paid um which makes it even more tricky but uh yeah no it's a, it's it's a fantastic uh, a fantastic little uh, little club for people who might not know what constitutes a classic touring car Tell us the types of cars um, that race in this series. So for us, it's um, you've got to be uh, it's got to be a saloon car um, marked between, as we say, we previous to uh, we run all the way up to 2011 in the Thunder Saloon Championship and go back, to be honest with you, to the, the start of time when they produced the first saloon car. Um, it sort of cut, it's throws a, such a catchment net over everything. Uh, within that, we we try to keep away from from sports cars because there's some other clubs that do that in this, their own little world. And also, it just the whole ethos of the club originally when it was um, brought together by Peter Defee and Tony Scott Andrews was basically to give people somewhere to race their old saloon cars um, that there may be. You know, people used to drive to the track. The cars never had roll cages in. It was more of a, a, a enabling an enabler for um sort of working man if you like to um be able to go and race his saloon car on a sunday and drive it home and do the shopping with it on a monday morning <laughs> so are we talking about um things like morris miners and austin a35s things like this yes yeah, so we've got some absolute about five or six uh morris miners in the club some some lovely old cars out there um, and I think the pre-66 championship really captures what the club is about. There's, there's cars in there, you know, the front runners from the Falcons, the Cortinas, some Anglias. Um, there's guys in the Morris Miners, uh, there's, and everybody in between, Hillman Imps, A40s, you know, some just some lovely old cars. And the cars are, somebody actually said to me just yesterday, that coming to a classic touring car club race event is not just about the racing. It's always it's all it's a car show as well, um, and you know you get to walk around the pits and see these lovely old cars that are being looked after. 60, 70 year old cars that are raced, absolutely you know on the edge, <laughs> um, and uh, and people still you know I think that's what we're famous for is that is that we we do turn out some some amazing cars you know up to the Thunder Saloons where we've got the V8 supercars from Australia that are over here, um, some stuff from Japan, some RX7s, some Skylines you know it just catches just just everything and cars that I think all of us can associate with from you know our younger years shall we say um when when we all first started driving and it's, it's that kind of you know i had one of those or my dad had one of those kind of conversations mm. now the um classic touring car club 
uh, is one of the biggest categories that runs under the BARC umbrella, and this is your I think your forty fifth year now with um, what's looking like your your biggest entry so far. So massive, massive interest. It is. It's, it's incredible. I have to say, it's a it's a bit of a perfect storm. Um, obviously, with with COVID, with everybody being locked up since Christmas, um, everybody just seems to want to get out and, and come and have a race and enjoy themselves. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. You know, we've we've put together a package this year. We've got the TV coverage, obviously, with stuff like this, with the media, with Bark. You know, that's really changed things for us with the live streams. Uh, obviously, we've put prize money as well on championships. There's two thousand pound on each championship. Um, to to encourage people to join our club. Also, as well, our our whole ethos is you know we are we're a non-profit organisation. Um, as the grids get bigger, the club makes profit, and we want to give that profit back to drivers. We want the drivers to benefit because there's no one else to benefit from it. There's nobody, no one takes anything. They don't expense anything. So it really is, and I think that's kind of shown with the size of the grids, where people are realising actually. They're getting something back and a lot of motorsport doesn't do that just doesn't do that anymore for the fans who come and watch not not just the people who take part is there a an element of romanticism um about watching um classic touring cars that, that sort of makes people of a certain age and i probably include myself in this think this is more about the driver and less about the technology um or, or am i looking through rose-tinted spectacles at it no absolutely the the, the cars are very basic at best, um, especially as I say the uh, your '66 cars. You know, they're, they're, it's more it's down to skill. Um, the cars are, are very heavily um, governed um, to ensure that they are uh, st- st- stick to the regulations that would have taken would have happened in you know in 1966. Um, so we don't allow technology in the cars. Um, they are very much uh, <laughs> um, as they were in period. Um, this goes through with the pre-83 cars and uh, with right through the club, actually. Um, the cars run in period. Um, obviously, the Thunder Saloons is quite quite the opposite, where the Thunder Saloon, the regulations are, are wide open um, to try and... In, the whole concept of Thunder Saloons is to make these saloon cars as fast as you can without you know with the, the least amount of rules it's just some structure around some classes but it's the, the whole thing is to just make them as fast as you possibly can mm. um uh, so yeah that that would be I, I, you're, you're right what you're saying I, I think a lot of people sit there and watch these and you know, it could be any year between 1966 and now. <laughs> Basically, when you're sitting in a grandstand with a flask and a cup of tea, you know, a cup of tea, watching these old cars going round and round, it could be anywhere, couldn't it? And I yeah. think there's a lot of that. People, uh, people do look at it, uh, and uh, you know, you romanticise about things. So, yeah. Now, the, the cost of the uh, and acquiring um, the vehicles aside, um, one of the big things that stops people getting involved in multisport uh, is the cost of, of entering and, and running at a, a race weekend. And I, I guess you're offering people a, an affordable uh, option to, to come and race their historic cars. Yeah, I think sometimes I think historic motorsport is traditionally very expensive um, and it is very easy to disappear down a rabbit hole when you start getting more involved should we say um but i think with us with the 
with the cars that we we have i think people can look at that and think actually you know what? that's quite obtainable um certainly our you know as i say the pre-66s um you know the pre-83s which i race my own capri in um and and people look at that and they remember those cars and i, I know there are uh, they are increasing in price at the moment but they're not out of reach of the of the, the sort of average person um and this goes right all the way up to our, our pre 3 championship which is the the, the the most modern really is in terms of viewing it which is the 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 sort of honda civics and stuff around the turn of the century um that um are at the moment just on the turn they're not very expensive cars and that's the whole thing with us is that it's meant to be providing providing motorsport you know affordable motorsport for the working guys so now you say you race a capri why a capri i loved the capris i have to admit they're just sort of they've got this slightly iconic status haven't they not not withstanding that del boy said he wanted a capri gear in only fools and horses but they are they were just immense cars weren't they and still are yeah, they're fantastic. Um, I have to say that I, when we we first got involved, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Fowler, um, he raced a Capri, and I kind of ended up buying a Capri because of him, because his car was uh, he was fairly quick at the time, um, and um, I, I, you know, I used to watch him go and watch him racing with the Classic Touring Car Club. And um, I, I'd like to do a bit of that. You know, he's very sideways and all over. The, you know, it's fantastic. And, um, yeah, for me, you know, if you look back over the, the, you know, the Group 1 touring car years, the Capris were always at the front. You know, they were, at the time, fairly easy to tune and fairly easy to buy parts for. Not quite so much anymore. Um, but they're, and they are, they're a car. There, there's, uh, there's, there's a certain... Uh, <laughs> certain era, uh, era, aura around the cars isn't there you know there is it is a sometime maybe i should put my gold chain on i don't know but yeah <laughs> so, so you're a driver and a competitor you've got your capri but you look round the paddock at these tremendous cars going back from pre-66 up to to later on as you said is there anything that you covet in that paddock is there one car that you'd like to get strapped into and take around a circuit yeah you know there's a few, I have to be honest. <laughs> I, there's, there, there is a few. There's not a single one that I would like to call out because there's uh, there's just so many nice cars now. Um, probably, if I had to choose one, I'd probably like to go in Andy Robinson's Fal V8 Falcon. I think that's an amazing car. It sounds nice. It looks nice. And um, I'm sure it'll scare the life out of me. <laughs> and just, uh, you mentioned drivers there. You've got uh, returning drivers. I know you have a, a sort of a, an alumni who uh, who keep in touch, but drivers who return year on year. And uh, some some faces who are going to be starting the season uh, this year uh, looking for, for major awards, I guess. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's uh, guys that will battle this stuff out. Obviously, over the last couple of years, we've had some problems with COVID. Um, some of the guys traveling from Wales who have been completely unable to do so and had to sit out last year's championship altogether. Um, but we have, you know, in the, the, I think in the pre-83 championship, I think Steve Primitt will be wanting to regain his crown this year, certainly. Um, this year, Mike Luck won that, and I'm sure he'll... Uh, uh, Steve will want that back on his uh, on his mantelpiece. Um, I think 66 will be quite an interesting championship. It's it's grown in numbers significantly um, over the winter. We normally run 
maybe 18, 19 cars uh, at, at Silverstone. There'll be 40 cars out there and there's about 60 cars registered for that championship. Um, so I, I, you, that's going to be too, cuff, too tough to call at the moment. Um, yeah. I think Thunder Saloons, it will be, I would expect, one of the V8 supercars of uh, Andy Wilson, Andy Robinson, uh, maybe um, Alex Sibwell or Rick Wood, who has joined us as well with his big V8 Holden. I would expect one of those to be to take in the crown. Um, it's, just trying to think, probably the Blue Oval Saloons, not really sure at this point. It's again, there's so many new cars that have come in. It's, it's I've just not had a chance to see the cars go and see see what happens. So yeah, yeah. And just looking at your race dates for uh, this season, as we've said, you kick off at Silverstone uh, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, up to Donington, um, Castle Coombe, uh, lovely circuit that's uh, on your calendar as well. In fact, um, the first race circuit I ever drove uh, under a day with Mike Taylor racing in a, in a Formula Ford, Frank the Living Daylights. Oh, very nice. Uh, Brands Hatch, Cadwell Park, Snetterton and Mallory Park, yes. uh, of course, which gives gives um, fans uh, eventually, when we, we can have them back, the chance uh, again to visit some lovely circuits that uh, you don't see as much about uh, on uh, on some of the, uh, the broadcast and things do you nice circuits there yeah they, they, you know they, they, we get to choose a calendar bark um kind of give us a, an open book if you like but um around the sort of october time and um we try and we try and put a mix in there we do like some of the old circuits like your mallory's your castle combs castle combs actually a favorite of mine um just because it's just it's just so fast and also to be honest with you they put there's such a welcoming circuit they put on uh, some entertainment for us in the evenings and they they really make a big deal of it which is nice um sometimes you go to circuits and it's quite sterile you turn up you do your race and off you go um but yeah they do make us feel very welcome um and again you know but going you know moving on to uh to to cadwell uh a great circuit a real driver's circuit um uh, you know always the, the club we always try and get that on the calendar at least once a year um it really you know it, it really sorts the the men from the boys that one yeah importantly for particularly the restrictions we've got at the moment um as your website quite rightly says you have tv coverage through bark tv which is great news for people who want to watch the series yeah we, we something we tried out last year we 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 were dealing with uh, with Adrian at TV 24, 24-7, sorry. Um, and he he approached us and said, look, I've got this idea about streaming. And, I've you know, he had sort of all these great ideas. And we, we had a bit of a conversation, managed to put together a package uh, that we, we tested initially at our Brands Hatch event. Um, and the feedback we got from that was just was incredible, I have to say. Uh, you know, people, the, 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 the package he put together... With the commentary, the, uh, the 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 video footage was of you know of TV of a quality we hadn't seen before um, with some of the other companies we'd used in the past, and um, we managed to get something together with Bark this year and bring the whole thing together. So this, which has now become as we know it, Bark TV, um, and we'll have that every single round. We'll have um, some TV coverage. I think there'll be a a, a TV show packaged together. To, to on freeview so will be shown a, a week or so after the event and obviously on the day the live stream and it helps 
massively in these times when people can't get to circuits, they can't watch their racing, and you can see the disappointment on social media when people when it was announced that we can't have any uh, any um, an, an audience there. Um, so yeah, you know, for us, it's a real good platform, and it reaches out to people that maybe we've never have known about us. You know, in this in this world that we're in at the moment with with motorsport. Um, the, the the pool of people that are involved with it is shrinking and shrinking. It's just the way it is. It's becoming more expensive and it puts people off. It's not, you know, it's not the cheapest hobby you could ever take up. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, the, the streaming and the TV has, has really, really made a difference this year. I think it's really made a difference. And you can see that reflected in the membership. We've got over 60 new members normally. That's, un that's absolutely unheard of. And they've signed up for a full year of the championship. Brilliant. It's going to be a great season. I can see it coming. I've just been checking the weather forecast and you might be in line for some sunshine uh, this weekend at Silverstone as well, yes. which would be uh, good. Uh, Stuart, <laughs> uh, fantastic to catch up with you. Um, thank you so much uh, for taking time out. And it's uh, it's really great to hear your, your passion and enthusiasm for uh, classic uh, touring car racing. And uh, I hope you and your uh, Capri do well this season as well. And that uh, everybody taking part has a great season so for now Stuart many thanks thank you very much